Hi, and welcome to Recap News, your only reliable source for real recap headlines from arc to arc. I'm Kat, your DM, your faithful newscaster, and your sweet salted ham. We are picking up with our heroes right where we left them at the end of the last arc, separated and plummeting to their deaths as their home and everything they know and love is destroyed and tossed from the sky. However, it seems our intrepid interlopers were able to escape from the clutches of death this time. Laika, let's start with you. How did you survive the fall from the sky? Fell into the ocean, almost drowned, was mysteriously saved, and ended up on an island. We swam out to look for survivors and found Zaroon, got back to shore and spent time wandering and slowly dying of thirst while carting around an unconscious goddess. Found an oasis after a few days, so basically a great time. (laughs) Amazing. What a truly touching tale of selflessness and heroism. Now, Fran and Corbin, you two fell in a different part of the New World. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, let's give them the rundown, Corbin. Fell into the middle of a sandstorm. Fada Boulette. Almost died. Rescued by orcs. We figured out we don't speak the language of the world below. Uh, we used a lot of really good and smart tricks to communicate with the orcs who saved yes, us. Yes, and we found the ruins of the Library of Estra. And Luel, that Estran librarian, died. She's, she's gone. She died. She's passed on. She did die. Yeah, she was fuck. she fucking died. Rest in peace, Lyle. <laughs> oh boy. We never found the pool. No. But we did take the books from the library. The orcs helped us take them on their sleds. And uh, we, we went to a market. It was nice. Oh, and here is where we see that the gods are truly watching over your travels. As if I'm not mistaken, this is the same oasis where Laika collapsed. It was! Same one. <laughs> very same, very same oasis. It was double nice. And you met another traveler at this oasis, correct? I met my best friend, Shah. He spoke our language, and he's a scholar from Madria. I hope we see him again. He had a beautiful voice. And Corbin, you had a profound religious experience. Why don't you tell us about that? Um, yes. I had possibly a fever dream, possibly reality <laughs> experience with Vioni. Uh, she told me how Torva never really loved her and she escaped him using the face changer body. Who's Vioni again? She's... Like a god. Vioni is the god of scavengers. She is the dark lady of the black field. <gasps> That's oh. She murdered a bird right in front of my eyes. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, you are the one who murdered the bird, Corbin. Please don't speak to me. I don't want to remember it that clearly. He was possessed at the time. <sighs> Anyways, she uh, said to go to Torva's jaw to retrieve the body and also said that there was a cloak there that could hide the goddess from Torva's sight. Truly a deeply moving encounter with the god of scavengers. I also understand that once all three of you managed to reunite, you met one other god, correct? I wouldn't call him a god. I'd call him, uh, what rhymes with god? Pod. A sod. (laughs) Yeah. Good one. (laughs) His name was Dawson. Dashing Dawson, or so I've heard, like from unreliable sources, meaning him. And uh, he sold us magic items 
the only magic we'd seen on the world below, by the way. Actually, as we spent time on the world below, we realized that the only people who have magic down here are the gods and the demigods and like a couple people that are blessed by the gods. And I guess we're blessed by Mary, but I don't know. But uh, anyway, Dawson sold us those magic items and they were like from his deal donkey. He has a donkey and I'm not really sure how it all works, (laughs) but he also sold us on a deal. He told us that we had to get these magical items in exchange for the location of the Tower of Wavell, and he also stole all of my money, and I hate him. Yeah, he gave us a choice between two different magic relics we could retrieve for him, since he's like a halfling who doesn't do manual labor, I guess, and both items were super far away because he's an asshole, but we kind of had to do it, so we just chose the nearest one. (laughs) Wow. And after all of this, your new friend Shaw asked you to escort the Estrin books to the city of Danmar, where his colleagues would be able to study them. Did anything happen on your journey from the Oasis to Danmar? There was a real boner of a dragon that we had to fight. <laughs> it was it was a close one, but we made it out. Okay, and then we escaped into a cave and we took shelter and we figured out how to communicate with our orc friend. In trying to hide the goddess's identity, we gave her the name Mary, which she seems to have taken to. How cute. You guys are all such great friends. It's really a heartwarming sight to see. I bet nothing will go wrong. (laughs) So what happened once you reached Danmar? The ocean was there. It was amazing. Nothing else mattered from then on. Uh, We met with the professors from Madria. We learned about the inherent corruption in academia. We got a map. We found out that the world below is a place called Avalis, and that this whole world has been like ended four times already, including the time that Torva burned everything down and Estra was raised. And we learned that Avalis has many continents, countries, cities, and all the races we'd ever heard of on Estra live here too, except for they mostly stayed separate, so they're not intermarried and intermingled like people were on Estra. And the language they speak down here is just a newer form of the common that we speak, And it's evolved since Estra was separated from everyone else. And then we went to Fang Lake and fought a giant crab that really loved Fran. That's where we had to get that magical item for dashing Dawson, the protector's blade. And then Dawson showed up. And he took the blade from us immediately. And he told us where to find the Tower of Wuvel. And after a puzzle and a little farm town or two, we finally got to said Tower of said knowledge god Wuvel. Meeting another god. How amazing. You three are truly blessed. I wouldn't say blessed. <laughs> How did this meeting go? Poorly. <laughs> First of all, in order to even like learn the language and talk to this guy, he made us give up our memories like a sociopath. And after we chatted with him for a while, he told us that our Mary is not the real goddess, just her actual daughter invoking a huge headache we got to meet yet another god. Aren't we lucky? And that god burned down the Estra section of Wavell's library. And so, since it's gone from the library of the knowledge god, it will soon fade from the world. You know, like how most of the people and places we once loved already have. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, religion. And not only is he a god, but he is Torva's 
Sun. <laughs> Which means bad news for the goddess. As you'll recall, Mary is probably Torva's child, which makes her a sibling of some kind to the god who burned part of the library. His name is Phelan, by the way. Phelan, the betrayer. He ran away before we could get him. It really sucked, but in the end, we did get our gift of language, so mission accomplished, technically. Well, now that you could speak the language of the world below, which you did learn is called Avalis, what did you do? Well... There is nothing else to do but go to Torva's jaw, since, according to Vioni, Torva can just track the goddess whenever he wants until we get that cloak to hide her. We went up the Farah Mountains, and we met with two travelers named Paolo and Salm. We escorted them up the pilgrim path to the Temple of Eel, and they're also on our list of best friends. <laughs> That's quite a climb. I hear the tieflings who live up there are very hospitable. Yeah, they're all right, I guess, for, you know... Horny dudes. They can fly. They got wings. Whatever. Who needs wings? Leica doesn't have wings. Nobody needs no wings. <laughs> I have wings. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Anyway, we saw Dawson again, and it was the worst, pretty much. But we did get some supplies from him. So then we went to climb up the rest of the mountain, and we had a terrible time because... Mountains are garbage. I fell in a crevasse. I carried Fran most of the way. I was injured, so... <laughs> wow. And once it was all over, you arrived at the three peaks of Torva's jaw. What did you find there? Corbin, uh, is there anything you would like to share that happened at Torva's jaw? Uh, yeah, I, I was attacked by... A grate that wasn't moving. By an invisible devil that pushed me down onto the grate. Against my will. And I became a hostage. And I can't speak to the horrors that I had to witness in that place. From what I hear, it was actually a fairly pleasant stay. You were fed scraps of meat, weren't you? I did not eat those. There was no invisible devil. I scouted out the place. I would know. Um, I turned into a human fart using a really cool spell. And I looked all around and found out that Torva's jaw is a military base full of enemies and soldiers and Torva. <laughs> Separated in an enemy base and without a chance to rest. How thrilling. So what happened next? So we infiltrated Torva's jaw and found Corbin hiding among some blotter birds. Then we stole soldiers' uniforms and Fran put an illusion on us so we looked really hot. <laughs> While we were there, we also saw Torva himself, and he showed up with our old friend Cecilia, who is one of Mary's attendants. Back in the days when Mary's attendants were Torva and Torva's friend Cecilia. <laughs> but the weird thing is, is we were hidden behind an illusion, and she seemed to see us, but she didn't sell us out. Strange stuff, truly. Who knows what her motivations could be? Probably self-preservation. Speaking of self-preservation, our next goal was to get into the vault inside this base, which had a secret entrance through Torva's study, which was locked. 
and our plan went perfectly and nothing went wrong. Well, <laughs> none of us are really uh, locksmiths, I guess you could say. And we had some trouble trying to break into Torva's office. But we got in and nothing bad happened to any of us. Well, Laika still does have some anti-magic uh, bracers strapped to her body. <laughs> Those are bracelets I willingly chose to wear. She also might have some like emotional trauma from being tortured, to be honest. They caught her and they put the bracers on and, you know, uh, we haven't really been able to get them off. But <laughs> but you know what? We figured it out. They're separated from her skin and therefore somewhat inert. And we all have crosses and or terrible magical curses to bear. <laughs> also, Mary made everybody go blind for a minute so we could get Leica back. Hooray! Um, and when we finally got into the office, we went downstairs and we found the artificer, Artie, who was awesome, incredibly helpful and unbiased, <laughs> handsome, <laughs> beautiful. The most <clears throat> perfect iron golem robot who takes care of Torva's things, but they helped us out because Torva's things are all stolen, and Artie makes those kinds of distinctions. Artie also gave us a really cool book. <laughs> It was like the diary of Kai, the goddess who Mary was supposed to be, but Mary couldn't open it, even though it was supposed to be her diary, since she's not Kai. And so whenever she opened it, water poured out. Will we address it in arc three, or will we forget? Water. <laughs> I think Fran will not forget. What are you talking about? I'll never forget. <laughs> So as you explored the living quarters beneath the main war base, what else did you find? We searched around, and we found Phelan. Again. Yeah. But he did look good, though. He looked okay. He did look good. For a garbage man. He looked really good, though. <laughs> he, he was covered in garbage. <laughs> the only thing that guy was covered in was anime sparkles. Fran, just marry him already. Stop it. Um, and we were pretty much all geared up to just completely destroy Phelan's beautiful, ugly face. <laughs> but then he just like ran away and chased his cat. And he was like, fine with us being there. And he helped us. He actually told us where to go to get into the vault and let us in. Also, Fran got his diary. Yes. I did, I did take his diary. I also took a Torvaic soldier's guidebook and all the poisons Phelan had in his bedroom. So hopefully when we meet Phelan again, he won't try to kill me. <laughs> I don't think he will, though, since he's looking out for his sister, Mary. He said that that's why he helped us. Because he doesn't want her to get taken in by Torva like he did. And then we went in to the vault. Wow, you found the entrance to Torva's secret vault, which holds all of this plunder of all of his wars for going back to the beginning of time. There must have been some real treasures in there. What did you uh, find? We found a trap. <laughs> but uh, we also found the face changer. You remember, the one that Torva stole from Vioni and used to pose as both my mentor, probably, and also as Mary's mentor. <laughs> we let Vioni back into our vessel, and she led us to the cloak that would hide the goddess from Torva. And she also got pretty touchy-feely with Corbin. She was <laughs> hugging him like Voldemort. Oh, it was bad. Well... In the process of trying to get the cloak, we triggered a trap, which turned the floor to liquid that would suck us in. However, we had a plan. We had 
a very serious plan. Yes. I made a beautiful disc, a floating disc that would float above the ground, and then I became tiny, and I rode on Corbin's back like he was a giant eagle all the way out the door with Laika, Mary, and Vioni riding on the beautiful disc behind me, and to freedom. It was glorious. From there, Vioni was able to teleport you out using her godly magic, but you found once you were outside that... Torva was attacking the Temple of Eol, out of the frying pan and into the fire, as it were. What did you do next? Uh, well, we joined the battle that was happening at the Temple of Eol. The tieflings fighting there were extremely outmatched, and we tried to help them, but... Yes, we were in a battle. Many people around us died. There was a lot of blood. I watched a man get crunched beneath the gears of a giant tank, feet from me. And then Torva showed up! Torva himself! In the flesh, the eight-foot tall god of conquerors. Laughing and killing tieflings this way and that. And then, I guess Mary decided that was too scary. And she ran away. After Mary left, we lost one of our strongest allies. Fire showed up to defend her temple, but it was too late. She called for everyone to retreat and held off Torva's forces while we escaped. Not our finest moment. Wow, what a bummer! <laughs> Boy, you three seem to always end arcs in more peril than you started them in. It's so funny how that works. I've seen the horrors of war now. <laughs> I killed a man. I killed multiple people. I also killed multiple men. Who hasn't? (laughs) Oh, you three. Well, that's it for recap news. Time for me to drop you back into your peril-filled lives. What will happen in R3? Will our heroes manage to balance their victory-to-peril ratio? Will they do some sick flips? Will they succeed on their roles to fall in love? Join us next time when we recap Arc 3. And now, a word from our sponsors. Friends, neighbors, little hamburger buns, are you looking for genies? Are you looking high and low? Searching garage sales, estate sales, your grandmother's closet sales? Well, do I have the sale for you? It's Genies Great and Small, 21 New Genies of Zakara. Now, say you're playing a game of some sort, some type of game where you and your friends sit around a table and roll dice to determine the actions of your characters. And you wanted to set that in a faraway land called Al-Kadim. Or maybe a forgotten realm. Or something you made up yourself. And you're thinking, now what would add some flair to this world And you say to yourself, of course, this genie that I found in the many sales that I was looking through. Genies great and small, 21 new genies of Zakara. Zakara? Zakara? I don't know. I don't speak genie. This supplement has more than 20 new genies, including minor gin, huge sandstorm and oasis genies, and tasked genies for when you don't want to do your own washing up. There's even a template for bottled genies. 
Now, this supplement is available in both PDF and print on the DMs Guild. There's lore and so much more about these spirits in the lamp. Simply go to the DMs Guild and search for Genies Great and Small from Cobalt Press. Now, friends, I hear you. I see you. Looking at your audio player of choice, staring down at it and saying, Oh, God. This podcast is almost half over. What am I going to do with myself once it's done? Shall I wail and weep on the cliffside? Shall I compose morose poetry? No, friends. You're going to go to Audible, where all your listening dreams can come true. Audible has an amazing selection of over 180,000 titles. These are audiobooks ranging from comedy to drama, outer space to inner space. You'll find stories about maidens and fry cooks, genies and sails. Personally, I'm currently listening to The Kingkiller Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. This is a 26-hour audiobook, which I had to choose specifically because I'd gone through my Audible credits so quickly that they usually lasted me only a day. So I tried to find the longest thing I could, and this isn't even half as long as the longest thing they have on there. Maybe it'll last me for a week this time. Who knows? But even if I run out of this one, there's going to be 179,999 other titles for me to choose from. Audible is truly a lifesaver for long car trips and boring office jobs. So, to start your free trial today, go to audibletrial.com slash DSPN. That's D as in dog, S as in simpleton, P as in pontificate, and N as in Noel, stop giving me that look. <laughs> go to Audible and start your free trial today. audibletrial.com slash DSPN. And now, a word from one of our good friends over at DSPN. Party 13, let's suit up for adventure. They're the only ones that can save the world. Uh, what? A fantasy world of magic, monsters, and heroes. Yeah, uh, hello? Where is that voice coming from? Heroes like Andar Patron, the star of our story. Yeah, that's me, but what are you talking about? Oh. Uh, sorry. We're in a promo for your podcast. Did nobody tell you? What? Your podcast. Have Spellbook Will Travel? Have Spellbook? It's a scripted fantasy comedy audio drama based on the creator's experiences playing tabletop games. To be honest, that sounds pretty boring. Well, it's hilarious. And heartwarming. And great. Super great. Whatever you say, buddy. Have Spellbook Will Travel on the Don't Spot the Podcast Network. Start the adventure at HaveSpellbook.com or wherever podcasts are available for free. 